Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your host. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we are doing a Netflix original movie called Do Revenge, starring Camila Mendez and Maya Hawk. Camila Mendez is, she's a great actress. She is gorgeous. And she's so beautiful, yeah. Honestly, I feel like we would be friends in real life. Um, she's scared. Well, yeah, I would agree because you and her scare me in the same way to <laughs> where like you have that look in your eyes. You have that crazy look in your eyes, both of you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. She also has binders <laughs> in her closet. Um, revenge binders. For sure. In the movie, um, Camila Mendez, she plays Drea and Maya Hawk plays Eleanor. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate their dedication to revenge here. Yeah, this is like buckle in, guys, because this the whole premise of this movie is essentially a woman scorned. A woman scorned. Um, and then they take it out on a man mm-hmm. who's partially responsible. As you should. Mm-hmm. OK, so we have Drea, who is uh, she is a paradox in a way because she's the scholarship student at this very elite private high school and yet she's one of the cool kids yeah she figured out how to infiltrate the cool kid crowd she's not poor but like she's definitely not private prep school kind of rich you know yeah, I mean, she's there on a scholarship. Her mom is a nurse, and mm-hmm. you can imagine she probably feels like she doesn't fit in with these, like, crazy rich kids. And you know what drives me nuts mm-hmm. is the fact that these kids, they're not rich. Their parents are rich. Mm-hmm. They strut around as though they've accomplished something in life. Yeah, it's just entitlement. These kids are probably raised by nannies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what happens when mommy and daddy don't hug you enough. I have to say, though, the aesthetic of this school. So it's called Rose Hill County Day High School. And the aesthetic of it is very Pinterest. I mean, like the uniform colors are like oh, yeah. pastels. And I feel like they're color coded by grade. Oh, that's interesting. So they were wearing lavender. Then they went to sage green. Mm-hmm. You know what? On one hand, I love the idea of uniforms Mm -hmm. because they kind of level the playing field. But also they're teenagers, so they're always going to find something Mm -hmm. to make fun of somebody. So if it's not your clothes, it's going to be your hair or it's going to be your shoes or something. But anyway, we're we're getting on a tangent about uniforms. But yeah, it's those vibes. um, Very Pinterest prep school type vibes. It looks like a fairy tale prep school. The school itself looks like a freaking wedding venue. Yeah. There's a giant fountain in the middle. Mm-hmm. There's like a huge garden and we'll put a you know, put a pin in that. We'll get to the garden later. There's stained glass windows in the bathrooms. Yes. Those bathrooms? Jeez Louise. Well, and also there seems to be like common rooms where there's like couches and armchairs and mm-hmm. it's like if Hogwarts was a prep school, yeah, but also like part of a country club. Yes, that's the perfect description. And the other thing I noticed about the school is the fact that I noticed maybe like two teachers in the entire movie. Like there's no teachers. The, the classes itself have very little to do with this movie. Like they, I don't think there's any 
actual footage of them in a class. Yeah, no, there's not. And, and it's also pretty, it seems pretty inconsequential that they are even teenagers because you never see their parents either. It, not a single fucking parent. Yeah. The whole, you hear a parent's voice once, but like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Listen, if I was trying to have giant parties like they're having at my house, my parents would have beat my ass. They'll be like, get all these people out of my house. So the movie does open up on a party. Yeah, it's a party that's being thrown for Drea. It's a celebration because she's on the cover of what seems to be like the school magazine. Drea's on the cover of the school magazine and her best friend Tara, who is one of the rich popular girls, throws her this party to, you know, celebrate that. And Drea's boyfriend, Max, has this, like, fireworks show planned. Then this girl, um, who is not one of their friends, sort of talks about how they caught Drea buying her dress for the party at Salvation Army. And that's a no-no when you're rich. Right. Um. So there's a girl trying to embarrass Drea at her own party and we get the first glimpse of kind of the type of person Drea really is because she goes immediately for revenge yes she's like I think it's time for me to make a speech so she goes up and she makes a speech and she's like hey this girl she has generously agreed to donate all of her clothes to this charity for underprivileged girls. Yeah. So Drea turns the table on her bully and basically commits her to donating her clothes, which like that was awesome, but also probably no skin off the bully's back as well. Yeah, absolutely not. And then also like thrift stores have some awesome shit. So like, why are we, they why do, are we shitting yeah. on thrift stores? I know, but you know what, Corny, though? It's become very popular and it's become very mainstream. But when we were growing up, it wasn't. When we were growing up, mm-hmm. you would definitely get bullied if you were... Sh- it wasn't called thrifting. It was called being poor and not being able to afford... You know, I didn't even realize I was poor for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew. I knew I was poor. <laughs> I didn't realize it. And the thing is, is that people who are a little poor don't realize that they're a little Mm -hmm. poor yeah the only people who realize they're a little poor or are really poor people and really wealthy people they realize people right that's so true you have to be like on either end to like really realize where you're at because i mean i feel like growing up i would look at people who were like middle class and to me they were rich you know and look at you now bitch look at you now started at the bottom now i'm at the middle Anyways, so you get the, like Rose says, we get the first look at Drea and sort of her personality. Um, And that evening, her and her boyfriend, Max, are fooling around. Mm -hmm. And I guess he's going to be gone all summer. He's going on like vacation with his family. And he's like, you know, babe, what would be really great? Um, If you could send me like a spicy video, you know, Mm -hmm. just to kind of get me through the summer. You know, he, he wants some visual spank bank material. Yes. And um, is this mic on? Because I'm about to make a speech. (laughs) Go for it. You know, what's better than giving him a video of you Mm -hmm. is making him miss you and think of you. Do not ever hand over a sexy video of you to a man with an unwashed ass. (laughs) Which, for the record, is most 
teenage boys, if not all. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think this isn't a rare kind of situation of a boy kind of pressuring a girl to send him nudes. Mm -hmm. This happens a lot, I'm sure. It didn't happen to us because we didn't have cell phones. (laughs) Well, we did, but they were like Nokia brick phones with no cameras. So... You know, in a way, like, I'm so glad that when we were younger, there weren't cameras and there wasn't ways to, like, record our mistakes. Because obviously, like, no one's perfect. Like, everyone makes mistakes, especially when you're young. Oh, yeah. But God, this young generation is so unfortunate to have their mistakes recorded and kind of cemented in in the digital world. Yeah, because once it's on the Internet, it is there forever. You could post something and delete it the second it's up and someone grabbed a screenshot. Mm hmm. But. Drea sort of falling into this sort of trap. She sends her boyfriend a sexy video. Yeah, we don't see the video, obviously. We see her start to slide her top off of her shoulder and then it cuts to the floor where we hear like moaning and we see her top drop. So Mm -hmm. we can kind of assume what's in the video. Right. So the next day, the very next day at school, mm-hmm. Drea is walking with her best friend, Tara. Again, these are the popular girls, you know, they're they're used to being the queen bees at school, both of them. Mm-hmm. But this day, something is something is a little off. Yeah, people are sort of calling out Drea's name and kind of snickering. And Tara checks her phone and she's like, oh, my God, girl, look at this. And it's the video she made for Max that's just out there and got sent to everybody. Yeah, so everyone has this video. And obviously, Drea goes straight to Max. And Max denies that he sent the video. Yeah, he's like, I was hacked. I didn't send that video. She doesn't believe him. So she's very angry and she punches him in the face. Yeah. At this point, I'm thinking, you know, was he hacked? Like, I don't know. I mean, that could that happen? It has happened before. Like, you remember that huge leak of Hollywood stars naked pictures? Mm -hmm. It happened through a leak. It happened when they would connect to, like, say, for example, a Starbucks Wi-Fi and then someone could gain access to their phone network. He gets absolutely no leeway. She was... Mm -hmm. She made that video, sent it to him, and then everybody had it. And she's like, oh, no, he leaked it. He sent it to everybody. There was no doubt. And to be fair, she's right. I mean, don't get us wrong. She was correct. Like, he absolutely Mm -hmm. leaked it. It's just interesting to me that she knew that. Because I guess I am so, like, triggered by being gaslit that I would question Mm -hmm. it. You know, I would be like, wait, was he hacked? Wait, did I send the video? Did I hack him? Yeah. Did I accidentally send it to the whole school? (laughs) But she is called to the headmaster's office. Mm -hmm. And the headmaster is like, Drea, listen, I I am sympathetic towards the position that you're in. Girl, are you just going to skate right past the fact that the headmaster is Sarah Michelle Gellar? Is it? Courtney, I am... Excuse me, guys, um, I am announcing the end of the podcast because if you don't know who Sarah Michelle Gellar is. No, I do know who it is. I just didn't realize it was her. She looks exactly the same. I think the voice was different. And for those of you who don't know, Sarah Michelle Gellar played Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was part of forming my identity as a teenager. (laughs) 
I'm sorry for forgetting to mention <laughs> the headmaster, Sarah Michelle Gellar, is like, listen, I really want to help you. But you did punch, you know, the school's golden boy in the face in front of the entire school. Right. Because Max isn't just any other student. He is like the richest kid, the most connected. I forget what his dad does, but he is somehow like powerful and has a lot of pull in the school. Yeah. The headmaster essentially had already told Drea, you done messed up. You messed up big. Mm -hmm. You need to be the perfect model student if you want to go to Yale. If Drea tries to take Max down, she just risks kind of getting in more trouble. Drea is treading carefully this school year. One of the reasons she's at the school is that she wants to go to Yale and then she wants to go to Harvard Law after Yale. Mm -hmm. She ends up getting community service, you know, for her misdeeds. And also her friends, you know, her other little queen bees of the school, they're all like, hey, you put us in a really awkward position with you and Max fighting like this. I think we should take a break over the summer. It seems like everyone kind of turns their back on Drea. They, her friends are just kind of like, your trauma of having like revenge porn out there is affecting mm -hmm. us. So we need to take a step back. Yeah. And so her friends dip over the entire summer. Like they don't even, they don't talk to her, nothing. No phone calls, no text, no stopping by, nothing. They just completely ghost her for the entire summer. Drea has a crappy summer and to top it all off, she works at the country club. So she has to spend her time kind of serving these like rich snobs. Mm -hmm. This is where we enter Eleanor. Yeah, Eleanor comes from money, but she, unlike Drea, seems to be very like insecure and unsure of herself. She seems very mm -hmm. mousy. She just looks really drab. Like, girl, my God, you have money. You have money. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to look drab when you have money. I'm sorry. She does. She looks like a little mouse. Like, I got <laughs> caught in the rain. Girl, if we can make it work with TJ Maxx and Ross Dress for Less, like, I'm sure you can make it work. <laughs> Shout out to Ross. <laughs> she shows up at the tennis camp that is going on at the country club where Drea works. The girls at the country club are kind of huddled around watching the video of Drea. Yeah, and it's because this girl in the bathroom that was gossiping, she has sent it to them. So Eleanor tells Drea, like, that girl over there, she's the one that sent it to all these people here. Yeah, and see, Drea is also not nice to Eleanor. She's like, do I know you? Why are you talking to me? I don't need your pity. Well, that's the thing, right? Drea obviously had a fall from grace, but she still very much has the energy of a mean girl, even though she's our protagonist. She does. She definitely has mean girl energy. But Drea is also good at revenge because immediately after she is told that this other girl sent the video, she calls the cops and plants cocaine in this chick's locker. Okay, I get that that girl was gossiping about you, but to plant cocaine in her bag and get her whisked away by authorities, that's that's a lot. I don't know. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Drea, she's trying to start her car and it won't start. Mm -hmm. And Eleanor sees this going down and then offers Drea a ride. 
it seems like she wants to get to know Drea, like she wants to get close to her. Yeah. So on this ride, Eleanor opens up to Drea and tells her like, yeah, you know, growing up, I, I knew I was I was gay, but I didn't want to tell anyone. But one time I told this girl that I liked her. And the next day, this girl lied and spread rumors about me to everyone. The lies that were spread was that Eleanor held this other girl down and tried to kiss her. Right. And so it it turned Eleanor into like this sexual predator. And Eleanor says like this, like basically ruined her life, you know, because she couldn't run away from those rumors. Yeah. And she says that the girl actually goes to Rose Hill, the school that Drea goes to. So summer is over. Everyone seems surprised that Drea is back. It, it almost seems like they expected her to just disappear after the leaked sex tape. I think that's sort of like the mindset of is if you are no longer useful to us, you no longer exist. Mm -hmm. Drea finds out that her best friend last year is now dating her ex, Max. That's gross. It is, but it's also very high school. Like the dating pool is really, really tiny. So people are gonna like overlap. <laughs> I don't know. Like I've always felt like it was a rule that if your friend dates somebody, they are automatically off the table going forward. Do you know what's really frustrating is the fact that when Drea goes back to school after having been the victim of basically revenge porn, mm -hmm. her ex, who very likely leaked the tape, is playing the victim. Yeah, but he starts the cis-hetero men's alliance for women. Oh, what a mouthful. Like, like he's, he's mansplaining... The struggles of women to women. Yeah, he's being celebrated as like some sort of feminist. It's very gross. Gross. <laughs> Do you know what, though? I was thinking, one, how brave she is to show her face again at that school. Not that she really had an option, right? She has a scholarship for this rich school and she has like yeah. aspirations. She has Ivy League aspirations. Yeah. But then I was also thinking like, how would you handle, right? It's your first day coming back. Everyone has seen this very intimate thing. It's so embarrassing. Like, what could you do to flip that on its head? I would have ruined their lives over the summer. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Like, I would not have spent the summer sulking. I would have taken a couple of days mm -hmm. to sulk. And then I would have ruined their lives. You know what, though? I think the perfect way to flip it because the whole thing is like, Drea is meant to be embarrassed that everyone saw this mm -hmm. tape. But what if she makes everyone embarrassed for looking at it? What if she flips it? What if, you know, she walks up all confident and people are like, you know, I, I saw your sex tape. And she's like, oh, my God, you are such a sicko. Why are you like, were you touching yourself to me? Like, gross. Stay away from me, you stalker. You know, like, I feel like you could flip it. She could have, but she chose a different route. <laughs> she chose she chose a different brand of revenge. Um, and this brand of revenge is actually sort of formed in the girls' bathroom where all of our great ideas in high school come to us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you're a guy and you've never been to a woman's bathroom, there's usually a large cauldron in the middle mm -hmm. and women just kind of stand around it and we chant. Yeah, and if you ever miss your buddy during, like, a night out, we're probably sacrificing him. <laughs> yes. Anyways, so Eleanor actually finds Drea crying in the bathroom. And Eleanor is like, hey, you know, you seem to be having a shitty day. I am too. Eleanor says, I wish there was a way we could get back 
to the people who hurt us without it coming back to us. And that triggers an idea in Drea's head. They sort of come up with this plan where they do each other's revenge. Because no one knows that they know each other. Yeah. And at first, Eleanor's a little skeptical. She's like, no, I I don't think this is a good idea. Andrea's like, don't you want to get back at Carissa, the girl who ruined your life? Don't you want to get back at her? Mm-hmm. And Eleanor says, I don't want to get back at her. I want to burn her to the fucking ground. Woes. <laughs> Andrea is down for this kind of psycho revenge plot. She's Mm -hmm. like, literally, she gets chills. She's like, yes, it's like two psychopaths meeting in a bathroom and just becoming best friends. So the first step to any good revenge plot is what? A makeover. (laughs) Makeover. Drea takes Eleanor and gets her this cute little blonde bob haircut, gets her into all these cute clothes. And then she's like, I'm going to teach you how to get into the fold of the popular kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Real quick, I just wanted to mention that there is a cast member in this movie who played a very prominent role and is never credited in the credits. Do you know who that is? Is it the lizard? It's Eleanor's wig. Eleanor, the actress, is wearing a wig Courtney and it's so hideous I don't understand why these Hollywood movies with huge budgets because this movie had a huge budget and you know how I know that because they had all these popular songs playing like half the song that costs a lot of money and they couldn't pay someone to install a proper lace wig on this girl is it was it a wig oh my god mm-hmm. this is how you know there was not a person of color in in like doing the wig because Black girls and brown girls, we we know how wigs are supposed to look and how they're not supposed to look. I've only ever wore a wig for Halloween and they've always been like cheap party city wigs. You could just tell because the part is weird, like you can't see her scalp, you know, and it's like super, super thick in the front. Like usually your hair like tapers in. Yeah, I could not tell Mm -hmm. that that was a wig. I just thought it was a horrible haircut. Do you think recognizing wigs is like a talent? It's like a... Spectrum of melanin. Maybe recognizing wigs is, you know, a talent that requires melanin that palm colored people don't have. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I assumed it was just if you wear wigs, it's easier to recognize wigs. It's you know, it's kind of like redheaded people having like these this special power to like make their own vitamin D. Mm-hmm. People with extra melanin on, on in their skin can recognize wigs. So I mean, it's kind of a useless talent, but I'll take it. It makes sense. It makes sense. (laughs) Drea tells Eleanor where to go and what to do, Mm -hmm. how to get into the fold of the popular kids. The plan to infiltrate basically entails Eleanor kind of enticing Max by being the mysterious new girl. Yeah, obviously, a new pretty girl gets to a school. The popular boy in school is automatically going to be like, hey, let me see if I can hit that, even though he has a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, remember, his Max's new girlfriend is Drea's ex-best friend. So you have the other part of the revenge plot, which is what Drea's doing. Drea has requested to do her community service 
in the school garden, which is where Carissa, the girl who ruined Eleanor's life, that is her sort of baby of the school. So Carissa runs this garden. She's the one in charge. She's the one that grows everything. And it seems like this garden provides the fruits and the vegetables that are used in the school kitchen. Yeah. Which is such a neat idea. It is such a neat idea. I really like that idea where, you know, like the kids, like they get school credit for doing this. They then provide like essentially free stuff for the school. This story takes place in Miami. So you can grow crops year round in Miami. Yeah. You don't have a, you know, a cold season there. Drea isn't having as much luck trying to get Carissa, the garden girl, to like her. Yeah. Meanwhile, Eleanor is, you know, getting taken in to the fold of the popular girls. They're like, Mm -hmm. why don't you sit with us? Come over here and hang out with us. She gets invited to a pool party at Max's house. But you can also kind of tell that Eleanor is enjoying this. Yeah. And it's kind of that trope where you take the quote loser and you give her a makeover to try to trick the popular kids. But then they kind of really like it. Mm -hmm. They like the attention. They like being part of the popular clique. And so you start to worry a little bit about Eleanor, like, hey, Eleanor, you're supposed to be here to get revenge. And you seem to like this a little too much. Eyes on the prize, girl. Eyes on the prize. Which honestly, like, can you blame her, though? Because it's just I think it's like something biological that just makes us want to be part of the cool group. It's like that group is going to survive. That group has resources. That group, you know, can guarantee my survival in this world. Yeah, there is. Eleanor sort of steps away from the main party and she goes upstairs to go through Max's room to find something, some sort of dirt. Almost immediately, she finds Max's iPad. Eleanor can open up the iPad, no lock. And there's immediately a bunch of like DMs from all these girls in school. Yeah, he has a little John Tucker must die thing going on Mm -hmm. where he's going out with one girl from every clique. Yeah, and there's like lingerie pictures and risque messages. I mean, this guy has been getting around. He's not even that cute. Yeah, he's not even that cute, but I guess he's rich and connected and, you know, that's enough. I think, like I said, it's that biological thing of like, this is the guy who has the best resources. He has the best cave and he kills the most mammoths. So (laughs) do you think that little weasel ass looking motherfucker is killing mammoths? No, he's not. He certainly is not. Um, so yeah, so Eleanor finds like all this dirt on the iPad, but you know what I've seen a lot on TikTok is there's this new trend of women finding their men cheating. You know what they use to find it? The Apple watches, because the Apple watches connects, it like syncs all their messages. And when they delete messages from their phone, it doesn't delete off their watches. And like, say if the man has it on his his arm and he falls asleep, they they literally can just like go through it. That's scary. But also like, don't cheat on your girl. You know what? As this movie will show us there, you know, the original FBI is uh, a teenage girl. Yeah. The FBI was founded in high school by teenage girls because they are resourceful as fuck. And the U.S. government is like, we need to get them on our side before they start <laughs> going through senators DMs. 
can you imagine there's like a white hat like group of like teenage girls that have all these ideas on how to use social media to like terrorize other countries and shit? It, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. They would be like, listen, first thing you do is you grab Putin's Apple Watch. Okay. And then you do this, this and this. And then you go to settings and you do this and boom, you have all his messages. Do you think Putin clears his caches? I don't. Okay. I don't, I don't. think so. <laughs> he doesn't even have the caucasity to use incognito mode. <laughs> While Eleanor is going through his iPad, she hears Max and Tara coming upstairs and she goes to Max's bathroom and hides behind the door. Right. And so eventually she thinks that they left and she lets out a sigh and Max finds her in the bathroom. And then he seems completely unconcerned that this girl that he barely knows has been hiding in his bathroom. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I wish I could leave my own party, too. And so he takes her to like this little cozy spot without his girlfriend. You know, you can tell that Eleanor is kind of starting to crush on Max a little bit, which, you know, I, I get it. This popular dude is giving you attention. It's hard to be like, oh, wait a minute. He's the enemy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard. I get it. Um, but you need to get your eyes back on the game, girl. Eyes back on the game. Also, Eleanor, I thought you were a lesbian, girl. Don't slip up now. Right? For Harry Styles, maybe, but not for this dude. Definitely not for this dude, okay? If you're going to switch teams, you need to make sure it's for a good reason, and he is not a good reason. Mm -hmm. You know, while Eleanor is sort of infiltrating the popular crowd, Drea is trying to figure out her angle with Carissa and how to bring her down. Yeah, Drea is trying to get close to Carissa, the garden girl, and um, she just can't because Carissa very blatantly does not trust Drea. But Drea, uh -huh. being the sneaky, sneaky little witch, finds a way to steal the keys to the farm from Carissa's bag. Yeah, she steals the key to the greenhouse because the greenhouse has this huge padlock in it and only Carissa is allowed in the greenhouse. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Uh, Drea has an inkling. Like, what's up with this greenhouse? Why does it have a padlock in it? Like, what can be mm -hmm. so important that you, you have to lock it behind? Which, you know what? I would say all my plants. Um, I would lock all my plants in a, a greenhouse if I could. <laughs> Um, the answer in this case is magic mushrooms. <laughs> shrooms. Um, yeah. So Drea and Eleanor, um, they go when everyone's gone and they break into the farm. They break into the greenhouse and they find there's <laughs> they find that Carissa, the garden girl, has been growing a ton of shrooms and a ton of weed plants. And I'm thinking, like, what is she doing with this? Is she selling it? For sure. But like the audacity of her growing this on school grounds. She'll be like, those are tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Drea and Eleanor f make this discovery, Eleanor's like, okay, so what now? Like, what do we do with this information? Drea says, we are going to take these shrooms and we are going to put them in the meal that Carissa is preparing for the ring ceremony. The ring ceremony is... The seniors throw a party where they celebrate getting a class ring. It just seems like these people make a huge like party for everything. Yeah. Is that just a rich people thing? I think so. Okay. They literally tossed me my class ring at homeroom one day and was like, catch. <laughs> like, here you go. <laughs> but they get like a whole party that looks like a literal wedding. Like there's like a, it's a venue. It's a whole thing. Well, everyone's busy. Drea sneaks into the kitchen and puts these shrooms 
in the soup that everybody's going to eat. I mean, she puts like fistfuls of shrooms. And I have to say, like, okay, I get this is a movie, whatever. But girl, like somebody could have died. I don't know. Can you OD on shrooms? Like how many shrooms is too many shrooms? I don't know. But I have to say I am terrified of anything that makes you like hallucinate because I feel like my mind is not um, stable enough. (laughs) Like, listen, I'm trying to hold it together completely sober. Like, don't hand me things that are going to make me see crazy shit. So a 2016 study, I just looked it up said that um, of people that have used shrooms, only 0.2% of people have reported that they needed medical treatment. Mm-hmm. But these kids, the shrooms was to, one, frame Carissa and get her expelled, but it was also so they could get Max's phone away from him. Yeah, because even though Eleanor saw that Max had all these messages from girls all over the school, she didn't get evidence of it. So they needed Max's phone. At first, they think that it's not working because it's taking forever. They're like, oh, my God, this didn't work. This didn't work. Um, And then the girls' bathroom just sort of floods with girls who are vomiting. And they're like, something's wrong. Yeah. And Eleanor... And Drea go back out to the party and everyone's just tripping balls, tripping balls. Yeah. So obviously this event is happening on school grounds. So the headmaster sees that everyone is high off their minds and she's like, "Okay, everyone had this meal. The headmaster goes and checks the stew and she finds the mushrooms. And so now Carissa's drug cartel has been has been outed. Yeah. Well, Drea also left an anonymous tip for the headmaster earlier that drugs were being grown in the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. So she got it from, you know, she got the tip and then she also um, spiked the soup. Well, mission accomplished, right? Eleanor got her revenge. And now the only one left is Max. Yeah. Um, Eleanor finds Max hiding under a table high as shit she tells him that his phone is covered in spiders so he just kind of throws it and then that evening they see that he's been two-timing girls for a long time even when him and drea were dating yeah it's crazy to me because eleanor like plugs in the phone to the computer and you could see like some sort of software running like she's downloading this phone like she's an fbi agent eleanor calls drea revenge mommy (laughs) and i love it you want that nickname don't you i do you want a tattoo that says revenge mommy (laughs) you know what I firmly believe that revenge is best served cold. You either have to act immediately or you need to let it rest. I prefer to let it rest because then the people that you get revenge on, they're going to look, people are going to look at them like they're crazy. If they even hint that it's you, they're going to be like, that happened like three years ago. Mm-hmm. She's over it. Mm-hmm. Um, so based on the kind of tiered schedule of revenge, you are just now getting revenge on people that wronged you like in kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> it has begun. <laughs> Fuck you, David, from kindergarten. <laughs> How dare you tell me my pigtails are ugly? No, he told me my hair was ugly, just in general. And now he's in jail because he was framed for murder. <laughs> I don't even remember his last name. I don't know where he is. Um... I guess, you know what? I fantasize about revenge a lot. I almost fear walking down that path because I think it's so dark. Like, I think you can lose yourself. Oh, and you could easily lose yourself in revenge. Um, So there's actually this moment I wanted to talk about because after Eleanor gets all the proof from Max's phone that he's been cheating with half the girls at the school, 
Eleanor is like, you know, Drea, if you're sad, like, it's okay, you can be sad. And her gates drop and she and it honestly it kind of broke my heart a little bit because the whole movie Drea has been this badass and then suddenly she like drops her guard and allows herself to show that she's sad yeah she was sad because you know what even if the relationship ended badly which it did it's okay to be sad that your boyfriend cheated on you you know well, that she was betrayed and that all this has happened to her. I think Drea was using anger as a shield, you know, yeah. kind of in the same way men do. Like men use anger to pretend that they don't feel feelings. Yeah, because anger is not a feeling. Because according to men, anger, you know, every time you say anger is not a feeling in my head, I see it like, quote, anger is not a feeling. Hash men everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And You know, Drea decides she does want to go through with the exposure of Max. On Valentine's Day, Eleanor sends a mass text. Like, I don't know how they're sending these mass texts without everybody knowing. Like who it comes from. Yeah, I don't understand how mass texts get sent Mm -hmm. like that without like a return address. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's apps and stuff. I feel like it's been so long since we were in high school Mm -hmm. and we didn't have these resources. Thank God. We would have I would have used them for evil. I know. That's what I mean. Like I would have done things. And and, you know, this movie kind of shows that, too, because it kind of just shows how all these teenagers are Mm -hmm. doing like bad things. And they're just kind of misguided and young. And yeah, I don't think any of them are truly evil, except maybe Max, because you could just tell how like calculated he is. He has crazy eyes like he has evil eyes. He does. Well, everyone gets this text with all these screenshots that shows that Max is cheating on everybody. And of course, the whole school goes into an uproar. You know, like the school collapses into chaos and it's really wild to see like there's even like a garbage can fire. It's like, Jesus Christ. I don't understand it. The other thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way is the fact that when Drea leaked all these text messages, like she is essentially leaking private pictures of these girls, which is the same thing that happened to her. Yeah, she did the same exact thing that that she's so upset about. She did it to other girls, and that's not okay. And this is where you kind of see all of this hypocrisy going on, where it's like, who's the bad guy here? And, you know, I think, like you said before, it's really easy to let it consume you and then become the villain. Yeah, so obviously Tara is devastated that her boyfriend has been exposed as a cheater. I think it's very embarrassing to her. Mm -hmm. And she is in full-on fixer mode. And she contacts, like, resources that she has on, like, how to spin this. And, dude, that's why I told you, like, in the beginning about how Drea could have spun this whole thing. Because it's all how Mm -hmm. you spin it. And they do. They figure out how to spin this. Yeah. And so... All of the popular girls sort of telling different groups like they're ethically non-monogamous. Monogamy is not natural. They're all they're open about it. They knew she knew about the other girls, you know, it, the plan fails, right? Like Max bounces back. And then to make things worse, Drea gets called into the headmaster's office and given like pretty bad news. The Yale rep told the headmaster that Drea wasn't getting into Yale. Mm -hmm. And Drea is really confused. She's like, what? No, it's not even April yet. Mm -hmm. The headmaster tells Drea, listen, your grades have slipped. Your extracurriculars are non-existent at this point. Mm -hmm. She's like, I hope whatever has you so consumed was worth it. 
Mm. You know, Drea's really upset, and she's even more upset because it seems as though Eleanor got her revenge, mm-hmm. and, and now she's not really interested in helping Drea get her revenge. Well, because Eleanor is also ghosting Drea, and Eleanor's voiceover does say, like, hey, Drea has gotten kind of crazy, which I get, like, I get to, like, kind of put distance between you and a toxic friend but bitch you like you made a deal with this toxic friend (laughs) yeah you can't just walk away now (laughs) yeah revenge mommy has plans yeah and as revenge baby it is your duty to help revenge mommy eleanor seems to be like knee deep in the popular kid world she is one of them now she is one of them and they even throw her a huge birthday party Mm -hmm. drea sees it on instagram So she decides to just show up at this party. And so Drea goes and crashes Eleanor's birthday party and she kind of outs their friendship because no one knew that they were friends. This was the the whole part of their revenge plan was like no one knows that they're Mm -hmm. friends so they can go after each other's enemies. And since Drea is not getting what she wants, she's like, if I'm going down, we are both going down. Mm -hmm. Drea takes Eleanor outside And essentially rips her a new one. Like, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, Eleanor kind of points out that Drea isn't a good friend. She tells her, like, you didn't even know it was my birthday today. You know, and Mm -hmm. like the popular kids threw me a party. Like, I don't know. Like, even if they're using me, I got a party out of it. I get cake. Yeah. You know, I get cake. I mean, uh, you know, I feel like cake is really like an all event thing. Like... Didn't get into Yale. Here's an I'm sorry cake. Yeah. Here's a community college acceptance cake. Yeah. You have other options, girl. <laughs> Eleanor and Drea kind of get into it. And Eleanor mm-hmm. says something that I feel like is unforgivable because Eleanor basically tells Drea, like, there's never been any evidence that Max leaked your video. It, you know, he had the video. The video got out. He leaked it. Okay. Drea's car is not working again, which happened before when she first met Eleanor. And when Drea calls the mechanic that fixed her car the first time, the mechanic is like, yeah, someone's someone's messing with you. They pulled your spark plug. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And she's like, are those expensive? Because she's thinking like, oh, maybe somebody took them to sell them. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, not really. Like 20 bucks. Yeah. He's like, someone's messing with your car, like probably some kid messing with your car. She kind of thinks back to the first time that she met Eleanor and Eleanor's like, oh, yeah, my buddy had the same thing wrong with his car. So Drea is kind of thinking, "Okay, something's going on with Eleanor. Something is weird. And so Drea's Mm -hmm. first instinct is to go to the rehab where Carissa, the garden girl, has been sent to for growing weed and mushrooms. Like, why are you sending her to rehab? I I feel like it's one of those, like, rich people things to, like, escape jail. Because I'm like, you sending her to rehab for having a green thumb? Like, send me to rehab. (laughs) Guilty as charged. (laughs) I have a lot of plants. I mean, none of them are weed plants, but... Yeah. She she wasn't doing all those drugs. She was just growing the plants. I don't know. Maybe she was doing them. (laughs) But, so, Drea gets to the... She gets to the rehab center and she goes and she meets with Carissa and she tells Carissa the story that Eleanor told her. Well, yeah, Drea says, "Okay, Carissa, like, I don't know if you know this, but you knew Eleanor before and 
Eleanor had a crush on you and she told you she had a crush on you and then you spread a rumor that she tried to hold you down and kiss you and she wanted revenge for that. Carissa starts laughing and she's like, do you really not remember, Drea? That was you. Dude, that was crazy because Carissa's like, Drea, it wasn't me that spread those rumors. It was you. Like, you don't remember Eleanor? She used to go by Nora and she had this big nose. Yeah, they started calling her Nosy Nora. She she got a nose job and, you know, now she's back. And Dre is like, oh, my God, I do remember her. So basically, the story that Eleanor told Drea about wanting revenge against the girl that ruined her life, it wasn't about Carissa, the garden girl. Poor Carissa, the garden girl, was just collateral damage. I mean, how kind of epic was it for Eleanor she masterminded the whole thing which is so Taylor Swift she did she masterminded this entire thing Drea gets home and Eleanor is in the house making her dinner I don't know like her creepy vibes are turned up to 10 yeah and she's like oh um hey your mom had to go to a shift and said you're gonna be alone for dinner so I decided to make you you know something (laughs) get out of my house crazy (laughs) And Drea's like, I just went and talked to Carissa. She's like, oh, so the jig is up? Mm -hmm. The jig's up? Yeah. So Eleanor does her little villain monologue speech where she's like, you know what? Narcissists are too focused on themselves to even know that they're being played. And you know what? This is dead on. Yes. This is dead on. Like narcissists are so easy to manipulate because they can't imagine someone manipulating them. And, you know, this is ex- this is the verbatim, the exact same thing that Drea told Eleanor about Max. Yeah, <laughs> right. It was just it was really icky and uncomfortable to think mm-hmm. that this whole time Eleanor had the upper hand and Drea thought she had the upper hand. Yeah. So Eleanor is being super creepy right now. And she's like, I'm not done with you yet. You are going to finish the job for me. You're Mm -hmm. going to go to the admissions party, which is a party held by the seniors. And your admittance to the party is an Ivy League accept is an Ivy League acceptance letter. It's a tradition among the seniors that get into Ivy League schools of this high school to go to this party. And they Mm -hmm. basically it's like a night of debauchery and they basically do as many crazy things that they can to like, quote, get it out of their system before graduation. Mm hmm. Drea's like, um, I'm absolutely not going to do that. Also, I didn't get into an Ivy, so mm-hmm. I can't go. And Eleanor's like, you poor, stupid, beautiful thing. Um, you think I can't doctor an Ivy League acceptance letter? Eleanor tells Drea, like, okay, this is how it's going to go down. You're going to wear a hidden camera and you're going to go to that party. You're going to get your little friends to do everything, all the crazy crap that they can. And then mm-hmm. when it leaks, it's going to get Tracks back to your IP address. They go down, you go down. Drea's like, why would I help you? Eleanor says, you know what you've taught me is that it's remarkably easy to plant drugs on somebody, which we wouldn't want your mom to get caught with drugs and lose her job at the hospital, now would we? So there we go. Um, Eleanor threatens the mom. And so, of course, Drea is like, all right, I guess I have no choice but to crash and burn. Don't you feel like Drea just girl bossed too close to the sun? She definitely, she girl bossed into the sun. <laughs> she took, she took a rocket straight into the sun. Yeah, a bedazzled rocket. Mm-hmm. But yes, 
Drea leaves. She's she's she leaves. She's driving. She's on the phone, and out of nowhere, this car just plows into her, like t-bones her. Later in the hospital, when Drea is in a hospital bed, Eleanor, who is completely fine and not wounded, tells her like, "Oh yeah, I needed." you in the hospital so that your old friends would reach out to you so that you could go to this party for that big takedown that we planned. And that's exactly what happened because her phone is ringing off the hook with text messages um, with her old friends being like, oh my God, I heard about the accident, you know, thinking of you, hoping you're doing well. And they do, they take her back into like their group. Right. So I was kind of confused at this point, like what is happening? Like, why is Eleanor doing all this? And then I realized, Oh, okay. So Eleanor's master plan is to take Drea down. Yes. So that's the whole point of this is that she wants Drea to crash and burn further. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Eleanor does feel kind of bad about what she's doing to Drea. Not enough to stop, but enough to realize that maybe it might be wrong. Well, because they spent a lot of the school year bonding and plotting and Drea dropped her guard with Eleanor and cried in front of her like at mm-hmm. least once. And that that's big because Drea is very proud and very guarded. Tara, Drea's ex-BFF, finds Drea in the bathroom one day and she talks about how she's missed her and how she feels bad about sort of how things went down and that she wants to be friends again. Yeah. So Tara is, you know, apologizing seemingly very genuinely, but I'm just like, God, how do you come back from all that? Like, listen, I think we should give people room to grow and things like that, but I just don't know that someone can be so awful to you and then be like, okay, now trust me again. Like, bitch, it's a process. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we're starting from scratch. We, You can't pick a friendship back up as though they didn't betray you. It's not like it was just like a little betrayal. Like, you ruined her entire senior year. Yeah, it was a huge betrayal. But, you know, they, they make amends. <laughs> like, couldn't be me, but okay. Um, listen, I'm not into revenge, but I am into holding grudges. Oh, yeah. Like, I will hold a grudge like you would not believe. Um, And I appreciate that as as well. (laughs) You know, grudges are almost as good as revenge. Yeah. But if you ever want to take that a step further to revenge, let me know because I got you. You got to find her. They show up at the admission party, which is at a house that Max rents. It's this huge mansion in the, Mm -hmm. like, out in the country. So at the admissions party, Drea is wearing the brooch with the camera And she's hanging out again with the popular kids and Eleanor. And so remember, the whole plan is for them to do really crazy stuff and catch it on film. Yes. Drea sort of goes for Eleanor's throat a little. Like, hey, do you guys remember? We've known Eleanor for a while. We went to day camp with her. Remember nosy Nora? Mm -hmm. And they're like, what? No. Drea gets up and covers the bottom half of... Eleanor's face and she's like see nosy Nora and they're like oh my god nosy Nora ah that was you Eleanor storms off pretty upset Uh uh-huh and Drea goes after her and confronts Eleanor and tells her like you know all of this like all of this mean girl act like it makes me miserable like the only time I've ever really been happy was when we were friends You know, she tells her, like, if I could go back and redo it, like, I would tell you that, you know, 
you were the coolest person. And I would tell you that I wanted to be your friend. You know, I would not have said any of these things about you that I did. Drea is here apologizing. And I think it just pokes a hole in the revenge balloon when the person Mm -hmm. you're trying to get revenge on is actually like, hey, I actually feel really bad and I'm really sorry. Because that's honestly all you want. Like, Courtney, you wouldn't need revenge on someone if they genuinely acknowledge that they hurt you and apologize. It doesn't make it right. But I think what makes people want revenge is like being gaslit and being felt like they're crazy. No, I would still want revenge. (laughs) I hurt. Therefore, you should hurt also. Okay, fair enough. Well, Drea's like over this. Like she's over this whole plot. Drea grabs... Mm -hmm the brooch with the camera and she's like I'm done with this and she stomps it into the ground and breaks the camera you know while they're sort of making up little weasel face Max comes out of the freaking bushes I know that's what I have in my notes Max comes out of the bushes (laughs) yeah he comes up with a slow clap and they're like dude bro did you really just walk in here with a slow clap Mm -hmm. are you kidding me Oh, he is all prepped and ready for his villain monologue because as it turns out, he he has Eleanor's phone because all everybody's phones were surrendered at the entrance of the party. He has Eleanor's phone. He went through it so he knows everything they've been up to. You know, he starts talking about how, you know, when he first met Drea, he made her somebody and there was no appreciation from her at all. He said he hated the fact, basically, that she got bigger than him mm-hmm. and more attention than him. And so he says that he did leak the video. He said, I lied to you that night and told you that I loved you and then asked you to make me that video so I could leak it to the whole school. Yeah. And she says, was any of it real? Drea is heartbroken, but also like vindicated because I think this whole time she's been like gaslit into like, Mm-hmm. Max is the victim. He was hacked. He had no, you know, he had no part in this. And not only was he hacked, you also punched him. And so he's a double victim. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Having him admit it, I think, was a big, big deal. Yeah. Max is not happy with what he's already done to Drea. He still needs more. And he says, I'm going to use every resource at my disposal to annihilate you. And then he excuses himself to go back to the party. He says, I'm going to go do some coke. Off of some girl's butthole. Um, Not sanitary. Uh, no. Like, why the butthole? Like, you would Gross. think you would lose a lot of it. There could be a puff of, puff of air going into your eye. Oh, my God. That's how you get pink eye. After he leaves, Drea is really upset because the camera and audio device she was wearing, she smashed it. Right. So I think she's really upset because she's like, I could have gotten his villain monologue on tape, but I broke the camera. And then our girl Eleanor comes in clutch because she's like, it's called double assurance, sweetie. And she's also wearing an audio recorder. Yeah. Well, she's wearing a brooch, too. Like she has a camera as well. Yeah. So the girls, they go back into the party And they figure out a way how to play the recording on a projector in front of the whole party. Yeah. And Max is doing exactly what he said he was going to do. He is upstairs doing coke off of some girl. Not off her butthole, though. Yeah, I think he was embellishing for dramatic effect. Yeah. And so he's upstairs doing coke and the music stops and he's like, God damn it. So he goes downstairs to check it out. And then he sees his Bella monologue just playing. 
and all of his friends just sort of turn on him. Yeah, I think at this point they know that there's no salvaging him because all this time he's managed to like play the victim and and kind of Mm -hmm. wash his hands. But he is very openly being the villain on this clip. And he sees Tara and she has the remote to turn it off. And he's like, oh, my God, baby, I love you so much. And she just drops it in a glass of champagne so it doesn't even work. Right. And even his guy friends kind of turn on him and... um. And then even the the other girls in the party turn on him, too. I mean, everybody's just had enough of Max's bullshit. He is definitely he's having a rough night. Um, you know, <laughs> he gets he gets Andrea's face and she just smacks him. Yeah, I think he says something like, I'm glad I leaked that tape or something. And she smacks him. Yeah. So, you know, Max is going down. He's actually expelled from the school, from the high school, which means that as a result, he's not graduating and therefore not getting into Yale. And a spot at Yale has just opened up and the headmaster made a phone call and tells Drea if she wants it. This is Mm -hmm. the next day at school. Yeah. Tells Drea that a spot has opened up and that she can make a phone call and make that spot Drea's. Yeah. And, you know, Drea says that all she wanted was to get into Yale. And now she feels like, who cares? Like, how? why is this mm-hmm. important? And the headmaster gives her a pep talk that I felt was very, like, significant. The headmaster, which may I remind you, is Sarah Michelle Gellar slash Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She says uh-huh. something to the effect of like, everyone makes this big deal about trying to figure out who you are at 17. And she's like, but the truth is that you're never going to feel as alive as you are when you're 17. So uh-huh. just stay lost as long as you can. And I'm like, I love that because there is this pressure to know exactly yeah. who you are at 17. And that's impossible. I think it's a crime against humanity that we are pressuring 17 year olds to make a decision about their future like what do you want to do with your life Mm -hmm. because I don't think you ever really know what you want to do with your life until you start doing it Mm -hmm. yeah and that's I think it's kind of good advice of like stay lost as long as you can because when you're lost you're exploring and when you explore you can stumble onto your purpose and what you actually want to do I think the two years after high school should be solely like six week internships where you can go work at a job and sort of sh- a bunch of different jobs. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. You can go and intern at jobs that I don't mean like making coffee or, right. you know, I mean, like you can go and shadow people and actually get your hands dirty mm-hmm. and see if that's the career for you, you know? Yeah. And because then, you know, you can be like, yes, I saw the ins and out of this job. And I, that's what I want to do. You can make a more informed decision, you know? I love that. That's so true. Um, And this is kind of where the movie ends because Drea and Eleanor, I guess they're best friends again. And they're driving off together into the sunset, (laughs) which I really love. Where are they going though? And and also like, oh God, I don't know. Like they're both kind of toxic, to be honest. (laughs) Like should, should they really be hanging out? I don't think so. I mean, this is kind of the perfect example of like two people just meeting their perfect kind of terrible twin and just being evil squared. Yeah, it is. Every villain is the hero of their own story. Yeah. Every villain has a reason why they're doing what they're doing. Except for Cruella de Vil. 
I mean, she wants coats. Like, where else is she supposed to get fur? Listen, I, <laughs> I, I can understand a lot of things, but when you want to make a coat out of puppies, that's like you. Have, I draw the line somewhere, and it's making coats out of puppies. Well, you know what? I think practicality is important, and it just doesn't make sense why you would need ten puppies when you could maybe use like two big dogs. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't make sense to use puppies. Rose, no. <laughs> I'm obviously just kidding. I have a dog. I love dogs. Don't make coats out of dogs. But I'm just saying, like, logistically speaking, her like her strategy was flawed. I think she says something about how, like, the puppies coat their fur is much softer. Hmm. That's why she can't use big dogs. Okay. Anyway, uh, this is where our movie leaves us. The teapot is empty for today. Don't worry. Maura's bringing it on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you next time. Bye.